Uh, hello, welcome to another From the Rookery End. My name is John. Uh, with me is Jason. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, and good evening, Michael. Oh, come on. Now, this, is, this was the thing. Last week, when we got a last-minute goal against us, uh, Bournemouth, I thought, I thought you were going to come up here. It'd be an absolute misery. But, and, and it felt weird. And thank goodness DCW is here to sort of balance the force. <laughs> but are you, are you back, Mike? I've just been trying to work out the percentage of positive to negative. Okay, well, let, where do we want to start? Do you want to start with the positive yeah. or do you want to start with the negative? Let's get the positive out of the way because I think the way the game ended, we have to, I think it would be remiss of us not to focus on the negative because I think really that's Watford's season in microcosm, isn't it? Flashes of, of what's looking like positivity, flashes of what's looking like a coherent team, flashes of good... Well, I think it was more than flashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... But ultimately, what have we done again? Absolutely um, kiboshed it ourselves, I think, completely. Hang on, I thought we were with the positive. No, so we are going to start. <laughs> okay, so Jason, uh, that first half, um, I said you at half-time, it felt like last week, uh, dominant uh, by the first eight, ten minutes or so, where they got the ball in the back of the net for an offside, but they sort of seen on top. But then straight away, for the, for the last 35 minutes of that half, it was, it was Watford, 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 uh, but couldn't finish it. Yeah, I thought we looked, we looked better than last week for that first hour. I thought... We looked, there was that offside goal, but I thought we looked less likely to concede. I thought Prudel looked a lot more comfortable, I think, up against his type of strikers, a couple of big, burly, beefy chaps, and he uh, he seemed to be enjoying that that battle. Again, we were playing some nice football there, and again, sort of Yanma, Firmina, Hughes, just seemed to be passing their way around the Burnley defence, and it, I think what we also did a, a bit more in this game than we did last week was test the goalkeeper a bit more. We got a few more shots off uh, and on target, and the signs initially were, were looking good. James makes a really good point about mentioning those players and the way we passed it around them. When the, when the game when the game started, and like I said, Burnley had their disallowed goal, and they were threatening, or well, not threatening, but looked sort of imposing, if you like. And I thought, look at that, two guys up front. They've got Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood. How nice is that? How nice would that be for us to be just pretty basic? You know, they're going to cause issues. And I thought, oh, well, I wonder what it'd be like if Watford just started like that. And it must be quite nice as a Burnley fan <laughs> to know what's happening. And then as Watford grew into the game, as JC right, rightly said, you know, there was there was sort of slightly reminiscent of the start of the season. The way we, we passed the ball around, we were um, incisive. What I really liked, up until the 70th minute, I think, once we got into the game, I think it, it, it carried on until, until um, the 70th minute when the substitution and the goal went in. Positive intent. We were looking to move the ball forward, which I think we we struggled to do. And you know, I've spoken in a, in recent podcasts about our lack of fluidity and our lack of incisiveness. I still think that's there to to a to a to a degree. You know, players are looking up and they're passing the ball to where the player is when they look up, not five yards in front of them to keep the momentum up. I think think there's an element of that. But we were a lot lot better today, and I think we were playing to our strengths. I think that we we played some nice football. And yeah, we, what we didn't do against Bournemouth was test the keeper, get chances off. And we're starting to get that now. We looked confident. Sort of halfway, nearly towards the end of the first half, I thought, do you know what? We feel like a competent Premier League football team here. We're looking solid at the back and we're actually playing, playing nice football and, and, and generating some chances. I thought Will Hughes was absolutely phenomenal again. Uh, Pereira, sort of his renaissance, as, I've, I know what it is, by the way. What? It's coincided with him bringing his kids out onto the pitch. Why is that helpful? 
Well, because he's he's done it in the last two games and he's played well in the last two games. <laughs> so that's obviously what he needs a little bit of a little bit of love and support from his family. So yeah, I thought all you know for 70 minutes that was a really really nice Watford performance. We should, probably should have been further ahead, I reckon. We had we had the chances that probably would should have you know the expected goals. Um, we put it through that machine or whatever it is that spits out those statistics. Um, we probably would have been expecting I don't know 1.5 goals maybe from what <laughs> from what we what we uh, what we generated. So for 70 minutes, really nice. I thought the, 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 the transitions were back from defence to attack. Midfield looked comfortable despite Decore not having a kick really. I think he had an, another really uh, poor game. His sort of disintegration continues apace, doesn't it really? Decore? Yeah, I thought he had There were certain moments though I think where he was he was battling down and, and Hugh and Hughes almost in a little partnership of fussing out, uh, 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 reclaiming the ball or fussing out to, to get the ball. Um, I thought they were... I think it was terrible. No, I don't think it's terrible. But compared compared the Decore that we saw out there today or last week, well, maybe for the last six weeks really against the Decore that we saw for the first six weeks of the season, absolute you know pale imitation. It's no, nowhere near the same the same sort of play. Jace, is there any particular then that, that forward impetus that we had and, and everything that was positive about the first seventy minutes? What was it? Uh, can you put that down to anything particular? Is it, is it just Harry's magic of just bringing good players back together, or was there a certain move that, and certain changes that, that have happened? I, we've talked about this quite a lot, I think, in, in recent weeks where we've got the formation that we suggested we thought would work with Pereira being out on the on the left-hand side, being able to cut in that, that he seems to enjoy so much and Will Hughes playing so well as a number 10. The the fact that he, he, he sort of, Hughes works so hard, I think, with number 10, not only is he looking to, to move forward with the ball, but when we haven't got the ball, the work that he does off the ball is amazing and we're winning the ball high up the pitch. That I think is a is a heavy thing. That the fact that we're playing that sort of high pressing game and winning the ball back up high up the pitch, and, and he gets the crowd excited as well. And again, the atmosphere today was pretty good. I think that the, the way we played got the got the fans going as well. But Kiko uh, on the right hand side, I think, is a, is a bit of a revelation. We sort of knew he could play there, but I he's certainly playing a lot better than I expected. I I was expecting him when he got back to come back in and replace. Um, Yam at right back, but he said he's coming on the on the right side of that front three, just behind Troy, and and he has played superbly. Again, he was he was today. We know he's quick, and yep, you think he'd put his pace to good use, which he does. But also his his skill, his his talent, his his quick feet, his control of the ball is, has been superb in that position as well. And he's been a, a bit of a revelation for me. Yeah, it was, it was comments uh, Harvey made really early on. You suspect Harvey knows him and seen him play a lot more than we have before he came over here. First few games, the first half of the season, we saw him as a as a defender who was a, attacking, uh, but he has seen or something different in him. Uh, and to play him up front seemed to be an absolute joy uh, in the last couple of games. Are we ready yet, or should we any more positive we can we can get out of this? Look, I think that was an enjoyable afternoon for seventy minutes. Much you know, and I think as a football supporter, you need to think about what the fare you're being served up. Am I sitting here enjoying this? Take away the mates, take away the beer. Am I am I sat here enjoying this? And I think you know, for seventy minutes, I thought it was a, it was a decent enough game. Watford had a lot of lot of pressure, a lot of chances. Some of our better players were performing nicely. I think we've we've mentioned them all. We've ticked them off there. It seemed to be coming together. They looked like a cohesive unit. Um, and for 70, 70 minutes, Watford were turned in a very very good Premier League football performance. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans. for Watford fans from the rookery end. But then, but then what, Michael? It was just some unfortunate circumstances. One bad header, a, a crazy ball. I'm what? having it. I'm not having. Unfortunate <laughs> I know. Wind, wind her up. It is so so annoying 
that again, Watford can be so in, in charge. You know, everyone, you know, the Burnley, you look around the Burnley staff, the Burnley players, they're giggling because they know they've absolutely robbed that. Uh, I mean, how many saves has Carnesis had to make? But he's had to pick the ball out of the net twice in quick succession when we've been completely in charge of the game. The the free kick, the goal, Sam Vokes' goal, was ju- it's just unforgivable. Exactly the same area of the pitch um, that we conceded from against Bournemouth in the last minute last week. Exactly the same sort of situation. There's a break in play. Last week it was a contested foul. This week it's a substitution. Long ball into the box. You know, I'm not going to blame Mariapper. He tried to get something on it and it's and it's gone into the box, but you defend against that, you're expecting a Burnley player to get a flick on, so you reset and you get to it and you sort it out. Sam Vokes is there, he hasn't touched the ball, he's just run, carried on running into the box, nodded it in um, and uh, kicked it in and it's and it's one all and, and there's only one thing can happen after that. And I, I would say that the, the tempo of the game did change after we scored, I thought. Um, and, you know, I was thinking, you know, what would Liverpool do? What would Man City do? What would those sort of teams do after having all that possession and then going 1-0 up? They wouldn't take a step back, which I, which I felt Watford did. I think they, they, would, they, they took their foot off the gas and I think they were trying to be organised. I think, right, let, let's try and um, take the sting out of it now. Let's try and establish ourselves in the game at 1-0 and then see what happens. But you can't do that, I don't think. It, it was noticeable to me that, that what a head of steam they had in that, in that, in that second half. There were was, was corners, free kicks, Hollibass was getting forward, Pereira was getting forward, Will Hughes was absolute dynamite, rocking and rolling all over the place. Um, Jan Matt was getting involved, the ball was bouncing around the edge of the air, and it was only a matter of time before we scored, I felt. So why not keep that up? Keep that up and get a second, and then you can sort of perhaps reset and try and dictate the tempo of the game then. But when you've built up that head of steam, use it and then that's why once we went behind it was just the place punctured all the air all the all the atmosphere disappeared out of the ground um, and like I said there was only unfortunately ever going to be be one winner and I think you know in, you mentioned the phrase you know heavy magic earlier it's like well he was brought in on the on the premise that he could sort of tighten things up and be decent uh, so be tough to beat uh, and then nick the occasional game against the against the big teams right he's beaten beaten Chelsea 10 man Chelsea who are an absolute aberration that night they were the worst team um, the worst example of a football team I've seen in a long time what we've done since we've it's we've, all too often we're seeing the negative side of Watford the bad things um, that, that rear their head time and time again but we've isn't it humped, has we've been humped again by Man City we've, uh, by Liverpool and we've, we're shipping late goals and not just late goals but they're absolutely avoidable big lumps into the box with the guys we've got back there talking about how composed Pradel looks, how good Mariapa is, how tough and strong they are, uh, you know, Holobas is, is steaming around the place, we should be able to defend a lump into the box, or at least put in a better opportunity, a better chance, better, a better um, performance than that. So to throw away such a brilliant performance, and I think it was a brilliant performance, but considering where we've been, the journey that we've been on this season, I think that was a really good performance for 70 minutes. To throw that in the bin, to chuck it away. Is incredibly frustrating, and like I say, it's sort of, it, it for me, it feels like that's the story of our season. Flashes, we've shown what we're capable of, but we've also shown them that uh, what we're capable of in the negative side, and we've shown that we're not able to to rectify that often enough. It's it's hugely disappointing, very frustrating, and I think we've got two really difficult games now. We're away at Huddersfield and home to Crystal Palace, two teams fighting for their lives. Burnley, sort of, you could argue, are going for Europe. They might they might get into that, but we've gifted them that game. Uh, they haven't had to sort of roll their sleeves up and fight for it. You know, they're really, really disappointing. I think we're going to have to, we could be staring down a barrel of two defeats and then you're looking over your shoulder again. 
there you go. Right, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Jason, when we went, to, when, we went the two, when the two girls went in, how did we react? He's down there. What, Arlo's here, by the way. Um, Arlo, can you give some chocolate to your dad? Because I think it'll brighten him up. Jason, when we went behind, when we went behind, yeah, when we went behind, what did Harry try and do? Could you see him trying to ch- What did he try and do to change things? I, that's probably what disappointed me most out of anything. We, as we say, we've been playing some really nice football. We've conceded two really stupid, quick goals. But okay, let's get our heads on it. Let's go back and play football. But we didn't. We started lumping it up and sort of almost saying sort of playing ourselves down to Burnley's level is wrong given they've done a double over this season. But it's the sort of things that, that the superb Tarkovsky and who else they got at the back, Kevin Long, those guys are going to mop that stuff up all day long. Let's be honest, Troy didn't have the, the best game today. Again, he didn't win much in the air. So, and Akaka very quickly came apparent when he came on that he was having one of those days where he felt the world was against him so those sort of long balls into the box weren't really working changed it made some substitutions which sort of obliterated our midfield mm. then it really became long ball up front and out it wide was, and it was, that was the only only thing we could do yeah we seem to have a lot of wide men on the pitch delivering Why, I, I, crosses that Burnley were defending comfortably I can understand maybe Hughes going off because of Again, 80, 85 minutes almost. Um, still probably a bit fitness. And you don't want him to, to waver too much. But I don't get why you take, uh, why not take Kapu off instead of Yammat. I don't know. Anyway, I, that didn't I, happen. I think, I think bringing on Akaka was, was a, a mistake. And I think that was a, almost an admission that we didn't have faith in ourselves to football our way back into the game. There was still, what, 15 minutes left at, the, at, at that stage. At least, but, at least, at least. But Troy wasn't doing anything, let's say, as we sort of point out. Was was therefore Andre Gray the man to bring on? Well, potentially, but uh, you know, I who think, didn't at I one point. I don't think I ever saw. I saw Andre warming up very little, yeah. and only in the first half. At no point in me looking down in front of us at the rookery did I ever see him warming up as if in he knew he wasn't yeah, going to well, come on. I wouldn't read too much into that. I think we call it warming up. It's just sometimes players get bored and they'd, otherwise they'd be on their free mobile phones, so they need to need to do something to keep <laughs> them busy. So I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into that. But when Akaka came on, I thought, well, why not? Let's why not bring Richarlison on? Let him loose on them. He he can play down the middle as well if he wants. He's tough, he's strong, he can hold the ball up, he doesn't mind getting involved. And I'm afraid um, Akaka simply isn't good enough to have the impact that he was brought on to have. He, he, he's not good at holding the ball up, I'm sorry, he isn't. And when it, as we saw today, when it doesn't go for him, it, I thought it was an absolute liability today. The, the ball was bouncing off him, um, he was fouling. I, quite frankly, I thought he was dreadful and I think he suffered because I thought I felt at the time that was a bad decision. Um, and I was all grumpy about it already and then it's like it, it was just we, it was an admission that we didn't back ourselves to, to get back into the rhythm that we had before yeah. um, I think we had we got better better options at that stage we had the time to do it and I thought the capitulation was, was complete with that substitution I thought straight away it was obvious I, I think I'd have bought a Kaka on I think I'd have bought him on for Dini I'd, I'd have kept the same formation and keep playing the way that we had been playing that, that meant we'd put them under under all sorts of trouble for the first hour I it's just that Dini wasn't having a great game. Let's give Akaka a chance. Hindsight's an easy thing to say. Yeah. Oh, he was sh- yeah. not very good. Let's yeah, let, let's not bring him on. But I think at that point in time, I would have brought Akaka on and taken Troy off. Uh, we finish off today's game. Mike's uh, surname is Parkin. He's a son called Arlo, uh, who was at the game today. Uh, and this is our feature, Michael Parkinson. 
Arlo, uh, welcome to Mark Parkinson. Uh, how are you, Arlo? Good. You've been at the game today. Where did it go wrong for Watford, do you feel? Not sure. Was it defensive? Was it attack? Could you, could you, could you pinpoint on a certain player that, that didn't play their part? Maybe Mariapa, because what was he doing when he did it? What type of head was that? But let's, let's find a positive out of the game. What was the best thing about the, the performance? Pereira, when he... Well, a few players, when they kept the ball in very goodly. So Pereira's your man of the match? Yes. Thank you very much, Arlo. Goodbye. We asked on our social media, at Watford Podcast, on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, you know, what questions should we talk about? And, and, and two came up, Jason. The first one that sort of came up is something that we didn't really talk about after the fans forum. The, the, it, but it seems to come up um, a lot in, in terms of the press about the expansion of, of Vicarage Road. The first, along, when we were there at the fans forum, Scott talked about like, almost in two phases, to 25,000 and to 30,000. And that could be done in, in two different ways, one with the surround John and one with the, the Graham Taylor stand. Um, the question we got is from lots of people was: Do you think it's it's needed? I think so. We've got a, a, a season ticket waiting list. I know the club; they do set back tickets as well for people to want to buy tickets for individual games. Uh, so yeah, I, I I think we do. I think if if we if the demand is there, and if we've got was it two and a half, three and a half thousand, something like that, uh, waiting on the list, then why not make the stadium bigger so that they can come and watch Watford play? So, Mike, is 25,000 the number or is 30,000 the number to go for? Well, I think if we're going to go for it, you want to sort of future-proof it a little bit and aim, aim, aim for 30,000, don't you? But, I, I mean, my argument would be I don't think we do need it. I think over the years of watching Watford, you know, the, the 30, 30 years that I've been watching them, I think there's, there's a very definite peak of, 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 of supporter, supporters that are going to come week in, week out. Then that, and that's just the way it is. And I think 30,000 is above that. And I, I think if we're, you know, if we're in the top six, I think we might just about get it. But if you, th- there's, there's a lot of floating supporters here. You look around, and it's, I haven't got a problem with that at all. I like seeing the, the grounds vaguely full every week. But Tottenham, Arsenal, the two Manchester clubs, Liverpool—they still command a lot of um, support. And I think there's a lot of people in this in this area in Hertfordshire. It's not a footballing hotbed. Um, you know, sometimes when Andy and I have a spare, one of our season tickets is free. You can't persuade anyone to come. They say, do you want anything for it? Come along. They're like, no. well, what are you doing instead? Uh, nothing. It's not like they're going to a, a wedding or a party or something. They just don't want to come. And I and I think we've got a we've got an issue. I think we have a ceiling, and I think we're I think we're at it. Obviously, if we get into Europe or something like that, then I think there's going to be there's going to be interest. But that will be a spike yeah. if we get to the European Europa League final or something. Then obviously, it's, <laughs> it, it, it might get a bit off the back of that. But you know, I think let's. I think we've got bigger issues. I think we need to. I think we. I've just got this nagging doubt about getting us established as a Premier League football team on the pitch. I think we've done. They've made incredible strides around the stadium. We're standing here now. You know, stuff like the signage, the shop. One of my friends was lucky enough to be in hospitality last week, so around the side of the Rouse. The place is looking really, really good. And I think we've made massive strides. And I think, right, okay, we look like a Premier League football team. We've got the curbside appeal, if you like. Now let's sort out that stuff that's going on, you know, the important bit on the uh, on the green stuff out in the middle. I think we, we worry too much. It's easy to, easy to get excited about a, a new second tier on the stand. It's it's easy to get excited about what the what the what the kit's going to look like next year. We've got bigger issues than that, and I think we really need to focus. If you take your eye off the ball, you end up like Villa, you end up like Sunderland, you end up like uh, Middlesbrough, Swansea. Anyone that's going, you know, they're going to you struggle. 
very, very quickly once you get on that slope. So let's focus on what getting the pitch on what's happening on the pitch, right? Because as we've said, as we've seen, there is a lot to do, in my opinion. Well, let's talk about the things that we have to do. You've got to say that uh, with, the, with the, the players have got to come back uh, and the rumours that are going on, we're going to lose one central midfielder. Um, that decora over the summer but you don't expect Chalabar, Hughes or Cleverly to move on unless there's some, some ridiculous money that comes in for them they just haven't had the full seasons to warrant another move to a Premier League club quite yet so you don't expect to have to, a need to bring anybody in the wish and desire would be called uh, Delefeu who I did see earlier on walking up towards the, uh, the ground as I came up Occupation Road by the former allotment um, which looked like a waste ground from a nuclear bomb um, they, uh, he was coming up and I thought is that him and I looked at the jacket he was wearing going yeah that's an over the top embroidered silly colour yeah he must be a professional <laughs> footballer it's Delefeu yeah, that, that would be one player to buy that would just keep the midfield as long as it was fit fantastic and competitive we talk about up front and we've been talking about that all year we need another number nine to, to get rid of one of them let's say not all of them well, maybe do. Do you want to get rid of all the... How many strikers do you want to get rid of, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got serious tr- tr- serious problems up, up top. You know, I've, I've had, a, had a go at Akaka there. I don't think he's a long-term op- option for, for Watford in the Premier League. You know, we've spoken about Troy. You know, the fact is, I still think, as a squad player, Troy Deeney is important to Watford Football Club. Leading the line on a weekly basis, are we getting enough from him? I think we all know the answer, don't we? It's just it's it's not happening. He's not able to bully defences like he has been previously. He's I think he's he's fallen into that old habit of coming too deep. There's nothing wrong with letting him be a number nine, loiter around on that penalty spot. If you don't get, you know, Vardy came, was it for England? He came on and didn't get a touch. There's nothing. I haven't got a problem with that. You're a number nine. Your job is to put the ball in the net when the ball comes to you. That's it. And if the others aren't getting the ball to you, that's their bloody lookout. So I haven't got a problem with Troy loitering around and waiting for it but he comes deep he goes wide which is you know there's there's credit to him for that but I also think it shows a lack of discipline and it shows that he's frustrating he's not he's not getting the ball he's not getting chances but then of course what it does mean when the ball does ping around in the area he's not there big questions over Troy big questions over over Akaka and obviously there's big questions over Andre Gray because he's he's not getting a look in so questions over Akaka have you been saying that for a while, Michael? <laughs> Look, I'm, I was, I was we get it. We get I was harsh. I was, I was, I was harsh. I thought he, I was frustrated when he came on and he and his performance. We've all been there. We've all had bad days at the office. But I think there's an argument that yeah, that all three could be replaced. I still think Troy is important. I think from a squad point of view, I think we can see more from Andre Gray and perhaps Akaka can be helpful on his day. But we we absolutely need to supplement our striking options quickly uh, and whoever comes in needs to probably needs to hit the ground running because we just feel like we're struggling from up top really badly so that's going to be near 30 million pounds you have to spend jason but uh, the, the talk is defensively and we have again uh, same with our midfield we, we've had a few players uh, missing we haven't had a full choice but we sort of get an idea i get the idea from where scott was talking at the at the fans forum that we're not going to spend a fortune so we've got to spend one fortune up front we're not going to spend another one at the back but I think we've got to make at least one. It feels like to me we need another first choice centre back. You know, we've seen from Britos that he's had injuries. We've seen Kabul. He's had almost whole t- entire season away with injuries. Prudel had a really you know calming game, and he he certainly come back uh, to what we knew him to be um, as the season's gone on. Mariapa's brilliant, hard, you know, really determined. And again, as a squad player, he covers a huge basis in terms of the the, the homegrown players we can have. But if you get rid of one, because we need to make room, because we only have 25 men in the squad, mm. who's the one would you get rid of? 
I think I said it before. I, you remember Kafka's in there as well, oh, yeah. and I wonder if it might be him. I think he might be the uh, the player that would give way. But are any of them good enough for what we want? Obviously, you know, we're not going to make sweeping changes. But we talked about Mariapa been playing so well, and it's. Uh, I, I'm going to disagree with Mike. I, I think that was his mistake today. Um, be interesting to see it again on the uh, on the telly tonight if I can bring myself to watch it. Uh, but it was his back header in in the wrong area of the pitch, and it's a big shame that we got these players that can play well, but they can't do it for 100 percent of the time. And as soon as they stop doing it, it all falls apart for us. But is that a little bit of the fact that we haven't had the same starting you know back line for a lot of the season? This feels like today is about as consistent as as, as we've been getting. Yeah, potentially, but it's to me. I think it's more about concentration and anything rather than who you're playing with. I, I, it's tricky. I mean, Mariapa's had a, a, the longest run he's had in this side for for a long time, and yeah, again, again uh, today he's the one that sort of made the mistake that's let Burnley back in the side. Um, uh, it feels like we need bigger sweeping change at the back. Um, Kabul, I I like Kabul. I think Kabul's our best centre back. It's a, shame. Not fit. it's a shame he's not been fit and then what's he going to be like when he's come out he's out for a season he's getting on a bit is he going to be the player he once was when he when he's back you're sort of struggling to think who if you're going to change one who's going to be the one from the current crop that's going to play alongside the new centre back that we're going to get in for loads of money Cabaselli the young talent the one who, 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 when he was in the side, he was the one showing the development, and that's what you know. We know that the the Pozzo's like. Let's get them, let's shine them, and let's sell them on. He seemed to be, in my mind, he would be the first choice. But what he hasn't had before his injury was a full-on senior player. Like him and Kabul would have been awesome, I think. You know, uh, a proper senior head next to the young young player who is developing on. And he, you know, even without Kabul, he still did. That that, uh, from, in my mind, it's Cabaselli plus. We need a new. Senior player. Now, that could be Kabul to come straight back in again, but still need another one, I think. It needs some sort of change at, at, at the back, just have different choices. Yes, yeah, so, and I think you're right. I think Cabaselli could well be the one. And again, we've got to hope that when he comes back from injury, he sort of returns to the, the, the level of form that we'd seen from him. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's sort of a reminder that we seem to have... We are stockpiling centre-backs. We have got so many there. And it's probably been a good thing because we've had so many injuries this season. But... Uh, we get one in, we probably get rid of more than one. We haven't mentioned, well, so you get slightly, but Britos, is, he, is it time for him to go? Is it, he's a decent centre-back, but is it time for him? Does he need a change? You get that with a lot of players. They, they, a change is as good as a rest and all that. Um, perhaps he needs to go and refine his career elsewhere. Yeah, again, with, with Prudel, perhaps, it's, perhaps it needs to be the same for him. But I think, yeah, I think you're right. Cabaselli could be the... The one of the current crop that that we would keep and give a chance to, and then get a new player in, someone that we is going to come straight out of the blue, someone we've never heard of, yeah. and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Any of the any of the clubs going down? Any centre backs there that we'd like to take? Well, I personally like I like the idea of uh, a centre back. Kiko Firmina, who uh, comes out of nowhere and just shines. You go, oh my God, what an amazing player. Uh, so, Mike, we've talked about the, you know, the attack and the defence, uh, central defence. The other position I think where we definitely need to strengthen is, is left-back. Um, we don't really have uh, the choices there. Um, Holobas 
played his pantomime villain beautifully today. Uh, and I always think he needs to, you know, I think you said actually on the WhatsApp group, he needs to do that role much better yeah. with them. But, yeah. but uh, Wagyu isn't quite the man that we need and, and Holobas is that temperamental player. No, I think probably down both both sides. I think we're struggling left back and right back. I think I think I think Honobas deserves a, perhaps a little bit more love than he than he gets from Watford. I think today we saw it with the um, the Burnley fans giving him the bird. I thought I mean, that's absolutely brilliant. That's what we want. <laughs> we want a player that opposition fans love to hate, and by default we therefore love and get get behind. Um, I think he's got he's got issues, but uh, with uh, with getting the ball into the box, beating the first man. But you know it's a it's a it's a difficult skill. It's not that easy. People are set up to defend against crosses. It's what people are working on all week. So I, th- I think we can get more from Hollywood. I like the fact that he cares. I like the fact that he goes over the top sometimes. Um, I was cross with him at Southampton when he had to go at the play uh, after that. So a bit of a love-hate relationship <laughs> with uh, with Mr. Hollywood. But yeah, ultimately. not quite the Christmas card list, but still getting closer. I know, you know, I like him. He's the sort of player that you've got to have a couple of those in your club. You've got to have players that get under opposition fan skin and and are prepared to mix it with the opposition and, and, and wind them up and. Uh, yeah, just got the bit of that Latin temperament. <laughs> yeah, there seemed to be no middle ground with him today. He was either he was either doing really well, and, and again, they had Aaron Lennon on the right hand side, and we didn't really see much yeah. from. I thought, and that was all down to all down to Holabas. So he marshalled him very very well again. Yeah. But as Mike's already said, the set pieces, and then in those last ten minutes, when he half the time he just looked like he couldn't be bothered. Yeah, I mean, when you sort of desperate, the, the ball's going out for throwers. Right, let's get the ball thrown in quickly, and he's sort of ambling up the line. You think for crying out loud man get the ball back on the pitch come on so we, we, we've got changes uh, around around the, uh, the around the squad and that was always going to happen uh, but really interesting to see you know where money is spent how it is spent is it, is it youth is it on quick fixes um, and uh, and where we can go with uh, with, the, with the squad for, for next season which as we know isn't 100% safe in the Premier League yet <laughs> A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans. This is from the rookery end. Clubs that are below us: uh, Crystal Palace, uh, who we go one to, uh, and Huddersfield uh, away next. Um, You already said they could fall over, and we could be in absolute pieces and be down there fighting for our lives once again. But really, really. Well, look, we know we know what a team is like when they've got their dander up and they're playing for something and the crowd's behind them. We know we've we've been there before. And we've we've done well. So a Watford loss today is the thing that will make us drive us. No, surely we know that doesn't work because how many times <laughs> I think have I used the phrase "line in the sand" on, or, or, or words <laughs> to that effect on this podcast? Right, let's let's part that. Let's move forward and and, and kickstart the season. And we just haven't done it at all all season. It's been the most bitty um, affair I've ever I've ever seen in terms of a, a, a Watford season. Um, so I think, look, if we play like we played for, for 60, 70 minutes today away against Huddersfield, who will be nervous, who will have identified Watford at home as a good opportunity to get three points, they'll, as they, when they tot up their t- survival total, they will have three in the column against Watford without any shadow of a doubt. They hammered us here, which was another low point of the season. So we owe them one in that, in that respect. But I think if we play, play like we did today, like Jason said, we played the ball around Burnley and made a very good side, a team that's made a big impact in the Premier League this season, look incredibly ordinary for, for, for long parts of the game. And then we, we've, we've handed it to them on a plate in the end. So we can, and we are more than capable of beating Huddersfield away and Crystal Palace at home. And we should. But will we? 
the chances are no. I think you know we we we've this soft underbelly that we have, whether it's concentration, whether it's organisation, whether it's desire or will to, to to get it over the line. I don't know what it is, and this season, I think unfortunately the thing that worries me about this season is more questions about the squad than ever before. Uh, and I think we need to be moving away from that. And I think that's what Scott alluded to, if I, if my understanding is right, at the, at the uh, at our placings, you want to be dipping into the transfer market less, and supplementing, uh, and complementing a, a strong squad. And for me, you know, we've just had a conversation for 10, 15 minutes about what needs to happen. We've we've argued that we could need three new strikers and a whole new a whole new defensive unit. <laughs> so, um, I mean, every team will say that. Every team, yeah, will, yeah, yeah. but. Especially after a loss like today. Yeah, there's too many questions about how many have got either the ability, the heart, or the or the or the mental strength to perform week in week out um, in the Premier League. And, and it was interesting. I can't remember who we were. There's a, a show on about. I can't remember what it was. But basically, teams that come up now, when you get promoted, they're not they're not fish in a barrel. They're to be shot at anymore. The teams that come up are teams that have got out of the championship which is an incredible effort they've got momentum and they've got money behind them um, so you've got Wolves coming up you've got Cardiff coming up there, there's no mugs um, and we need to be in a position where we're able to to to, 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 to establish ourselves the easy games are long gone in the Premier League and I don't know whether we're in a, any better position today as we than we were when we came up three three seasons ago, and that to be perfectly honest, I heard a, maybe the same thing. I heard on Five Live they, they were they were discussing exactly the same thing about the level and the, the quality of the teams coming up, um, and what's currently happening in the Premier League is those teams that haven't kept up, those teams that haven't evolved, those teams that aren't uh, going anywhere, those ones you think are safe in the Premier League. Uh, are the ones who are, are, have been going down or been close to going down for the last three or four years. They're those that haven't acted. Yeah. Those that haven't got their house in order. Those have let that incremental, and it might not, you might not notice it until it's too late. Oh, we got out of jail last year, and you, and you escape relegation, and there's a bit of um, a bit of excitement over that, and the, you know the bit of euphoria about. But then you realise, well, why were we in that situation? And it, I think it can be incremental. Um, and we're time and time again. We're having, we're seeing issues. We're seeing problems. We're having issues that that aren't allowing us to move on like like we want to do. Like I'm sure Scott and, and Gino want to happen. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's the wrong type of player coming in. I don't know whether it's the culture at the club, at the training ground. But this is happening too often. We're getting rolled over by the big clubs, and then we're getting points nicked off us. And Kieran bangs the drum about this quite rightly on the WhatsApp group. How many times have you lost points from winning positions? This is professional sport, elite sport. Once you go ahead, you need to have systems, processes in place that you, you deal with that and you get it over the line. That's what happens at top level sport. You, if you go ahead, you shouldn't, be get, you shouldn't be throwing away points as often as Watford are. So for me, I've got just there's lots and lots of questions. And we could have a, a three hour podcast talking about where we, what we need to do next and what we think might happen next year. And, and that's the worry. Should we leave that for? Should we leave that for the summer? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've got quite a long walk to do. Maybe we can record the podcast of yeah, what yeah, do we we'll need to do to decide what for our twenty-six miles when we walk in for well, prostate cancer. We'll have it nailed by the end of um, by the end of the twenty-second of July. We will have a five-point plan in place <laughs> to get Watford into Europe and to win the FA Cup next year. Uh, so everyone at Watford, uh, that'll be coming out on probably the 23rd of, uh, of July. Remember, thank you very much everyone who's uh, donated so far. Uh, going fantastically well. Uh, we've got a target of £2,500. Uh, 
Uh, we're currently just shy of uh, two. Uh, and if you want to go, it's justgiving.com forward slash parking walk. And I would say, just on a, on a personal note, and sorry for doing this, but um, we're doing it because Dad's dad's poorly. And I would say that the, the support that he's had from fellow Watford supporters, we've made sure he, he doesn't do Twitter or Facebook. He's, he's too old, fat and, and grumpy for that sort of nonsense. <laughs> but we've been making sure that all the messages get through to him. And he's he's found it quite emotional, the support that he's had from this sort of extended Watford family. And, you know, we spent a whole, uh, however long, how long have we been talking, John? 40 minutes about the ins and outs of football. But at, at, in the cold light of day, that's the thing that, that that's great about football, the support that, that Dad's had. I, uh, I'm incredibly touched, and I know he is. He's been been surprised, and it's really given him a, a spring in his step as he, uh, as he sort of cracks on with his treatment. So a, a, a real heartfelt thanks to... The Watford uh, sort of family for, for coming together and supporting Dad. If you if you can spare a couple of quid, do check out that um, do check out that link. Uh, Justgiving.com/slash/parkingwalk. It makes a, it makes a massive difference to to Dad, and it's going to a, going to a really good charity. And we said it last week, but he's still he's still struggling. Graham Spittles, hang on in there. He's he's recovering. Uh, had a big heart attack a couple of years uh, a couple of weeks ago. So um, send good thoughts his way. Get well soon, Graham. Uh, Jason, uh, are you going to take uh, draws for the rest of the season, or do you need to see a bit more? I, I want to see us win one or two. I think there's still two winnable, three winnable games in Spurs, there. Man United, Spurs, Newcastle. Man United, Palace. <laughs> Newcastle, actually, I think they're surprising a few people and they sort of snuck up and they've gone above us, I think. A lot of that, I think, down to Rafa Benitez. But again, we home advantage and if we play the football and carry on playing the football we know we can play, we should be able to beat them and we, we shouldn't be worried about these teams. Huddersfield, I, I've tip Huddersfield to, to go down and again I think we could go up there and, and play on their nerves and sort of if we just play our natural game again we can go and beat them so what, why can't we go and win these games go and play your natural game and have some fun that's the, the from the recruit uh, message to all the Watford players thank you very much for listening and remember follow us on social media at Watford Podcast on Twitter uh, Instagram and Facebook we're back next week for another podcast post Huddersfield Arlo can I get a big come on your horns <laughs>